Hello, and welcome to Infinite Possibilities Abound. I'm your host, Debbie Wazner. One of the rituals I have for my morning, when the weather will cooperate, is to go out and sit in my backyard and ground my body, which means I put my bare feet on the ground. This morning was a was an overcast day, and it was cool this morning, about 66, but it was very calm and peaceful. And I noticed a couple of baby squirrels. They were running up and down the tree trunks, playing. Then they started to move out onto the limbs, and those limbs became thinner and thinner and thinner. This one baby squirrel got out about as far as he could comfortably, and then he leaned out over an empty space and stretched and was able to grab a hold of another very thin branch on another tree. He then moved ever so quickly to the other tree. Now the squirrel was about 50 to 70 feet off the ground, but he took a calculated risk. He wanted to get into that other tree. He decided the risk was worth the effort. Now as I'm watching this, I'm getting more peaceful, more calm, just enjoying the sights and sounds of nature, the sounds of the birds, In my backyard, I also have two hawks, and watching them fly is absolutely amazing and stunning. And then their patience when looking for prey. They will sit still for at least a half an hour many times that I've seen them. And yesterday, there was a yellow swallowtail butterfly that was flitting around my honeysuckle vines, and it was absolutely amazing to watch. I enjoy the very simple things of life. The only thing this exercise really cost me was my time, and I've decided that it's worth this time to have this ritual and go outside and be in nature. It's relaxing. And as I'm watching nature, the birds, the bees, the butterflies, the hawks, the squirrels, I'm not thinking about myself or what's going right or what's going wrong. For me, this is an excellent way to relax to regenerate and restore peace and calm, or become even calmer and more peaceful. So my suggestion is for you to have a morning ritual that restores and rejuvenates you. It's a wonderful way to start the day. I was also trying to figure out what I was going to eat for the day, and I've had bean salad on my mind for a while. So I took out some canned dark red kidney beans, some canelli beans, and black beans that I got from a major store, and that was their company brand. I rinsed and drained the beans, and as I was getting ready to throw the cans away, I noticed that the dark kidney beans on the label said they've added sugar, and I don't understand why they have to add sugar to beans. Now, thankfully, it's only one gram, but it doesn't really need to be there at all. The other thing I noticed on the can was it said the lining of this can was produced without BPA, which is bisphenol A. Now, bisphenol A is everywhere. The soft-sided bottles that soft drinks and water come in are full of BPA, and BPA is an endocrine disruptor. It has estrogenic qualities. Many times, receipts are coated in BPA. So when you touch a receipt, you're absorbing BPA. 
Now, the chemical industry has known that BPA has these estrogenic qualities for 80 years or so. And when the FDA said, take it out of the baby bottles, did they come up with something new, something different, an innovation? Heck no. They took the, sim- the simple route. They went to bisphenol S. So legally, they can say it's bisphenol A free, but it has bisphenol S in it. And of course, it has the same kind of estrogenic qualities. So when you wonder, why can't I lose weight? Why don't I feel good? Part of the answer comes from bisphenol A and related substances, which are estrogenic. If you see a man with man boobs, he's absorbed some estrogen-like substances from cans, receipts, plastic bottles. And while the can says it's not made with BPA, I'm pretty sure it's made with BPS. So any canned foods that I use, I soak in clean distilled water for three to five minutes. And then I throw that water out and I add clean water again and let them set for 10 or 15 minutes before I use them. And I will be making a bean pasta salad as a side dish. I have a quote I want to share with you. It's from after Marcus Aurelius. A man consists of body and soul. Thus often, especially in his youth, he is only interested in his body. But nevertheless, the most essential part of every man is not his body, but his soul. It is your soul that you must take care of, not your body. You must learn this over time and remember that your real life is your spirit, that is your soul. Save it from everyday dirt and do not let the flesh guide it. Subdue your body to your soul, and then you will fulfill your destiny and live a happy life. I agree with a lot of what those statements mean. Your soul and your spirit are very important. They guide you. They guide me. But the body is also important. Your body is the vessel that holds and contains your spirit, your soul. And I personally want to have as healthy a a body as I can possibly have. I'm not concerned with it being perfect, because that's an impossibility. But I would like to be free of aches and pains, and have free movement, and great sleep. So I do pay attention to everything that either goes in my body or on my body. But I like ice cream. I like Dr. Pepper. I like root beer, an occasional beer, or a mixed drink. But I don't have them every day, or more than once or twice a week. But I pay attention to what I eat, what I drink, and how it makes me feel. I try to connect the dots. If I get up some morning and I don't feel good, did I eat something that I shouldn't have or too much of something? And then make a decision, well, I'm not going to do that again. So while I agree that your spirit and soul are important and that you don't want to let your body or your flesh guide how you live your life, you can make decisions that enhance your body, which will then enhance your spirit and your soul. Some people only see the physical differences in each human being. To the physical eye, it seems we are different. Tall, short, thin, heavy, black, white, Asian, Indian. They want to focus on those differences. That's such a waste of time and energy. Each of us is a seed in which humanity lives. 
science reveals that before Homo sapiens, there were at least 15 different humanoids on Earth. We're the remaining representatives. Our DNA reveals that we're 98% the same. Imagine a cherry, an apple, or a pear tree in blossom. Each flower can think it's a separate being. The reality is all the blossoms are part of one tree. They all come from one seed. Whether these few people realize it, we are all one. And the best practice we can have is to respond with love and kindness no matter the situation or circumstance. This is hard to do when horrible things happen. Know that your acts of kindness and love deprive the evil individual of the joy and pleasure derived from their actions and activities. Human beings are more powerful than they know. They aren't aware of their multidimensional state, which has led to much dysfunction. Humanity, which is you and I, possess emotional, psychological, physical, and spiritual power. Most have focused on physical power because it's the most obvious. You can more easily gain physical strength than the others. Many people subconsciously fear or exercising their power because of the numerous examples of abuse, exploitation, meanness, and selfishness. However, when you fail to exercise your power, or give your power away, the abuse, the exploitation, the meanness, and the selfishness grows. Power has many qualities. It can be empowering, protective, and stand in strength against abuse in any form. Power is an essential component of the spiritual path. By expressing your power, you take responsibility for your life. Power is required to establish and honor priorities, to set boundaries, to stand strong for what matters to you and for you, and to follow your desires, dreams, heart, and intuition. Power is necessary to serve love in all its names, compassion, cooperation, forgiveness, kindness, light, love, understanding, and unity. Use your power to serve love, and your heart is strengthened, and your life path opens wider. You become clearer, more empowered, and stronger which in turn helps you to influence and empower others. When you own your power, you're able to handle yourself in a manner that expresses kindness and love when others might respond with anger, fear, unhappiness, or judgment. You're able to see that others might be having a bad day or people are acting out of anger or pain, or you just refuse to be baited into arguments or other similar circumstances and situations. When you're in control of your power, you're generous. You refuse to take offense or respond in kind to others' actions or inactions. Every human being has strengths and weaknesses. Your weakness isn't bad, it's a gift. It reveals an area that needs attention, which gives you an opportunity to grow, improve, and heal. Once you've improved, resolved, or solved your issue or weakness, you can help and show others with similar circumstances and situations. You grow more powerful and stronger helping others. There's great empowerment in being able to adjust your behavior, choose differently, realign your thinking when presented with new information, trust your intuition, being able to heal, improve, and learn to live 
where you're striving to do or be even better. The first step is to love yourself. If you don't like or love yourself, how can you truly like or love others? Can you, can you give what you don't possess? Loving yourself allows you to accept the traits that are less than helpful. It allows you to take action in a gentle, kind, and loving way. You, you will see others have the same or similar issues. You'll see their wounds, yet you can also see their humanity. This allows you to act with compassion, grace, kindness, mercy, love, and understanding. When you commit your power to love in all its forms, you evolve into a new, spiritually advanced, multidimensional being. Use your power for love and fear about misuse of it falls away. Accept the gift of power will, will help change and transform anger, fear, doubt, and self-sabotage or any weakness or belief of weakness. You possess the power and the strength to overcome any circumstance, problem, obstacle, or situation. And you might ask, well, what do I do? What steps can I take? You can admit your strengths and your weaknesses and take action on working on your weaknesses. But you can also use affirmations like, I am power, I am powerful, I am strong, I am light, I am kind, I'm considerate, I am thoughtful. I call commanded a man that divine love heal all expressions of power so that I and every human being can live free and happy by divine grace and unconditional love, so be it. Or I call commanded a man to accept, express, and use my power for the greater good in service to love for all being by divine grace and unconditional love, so be it. You are powerful, but you have to believe that. And it's in belief that most people are lacking. We're going to move on to some more universal laws. The universal law of cause and effect states that there are specific reasons or causes for success and failure. Another way of looking at this law is that for every effect, success, happiness, joy, in your life, there is a specific reason or cause. This law has a second name, the law of sowing and reaping, which comes from Proverbs in the Bible. Whatever you sow, you reap. If you desire a different result or reaping, then you have to sow or plant different seeds starting today. The next universal law is the law of allowing, which says take the least action or have no resistance to how you or others act or behave and have no judgment. Basically, allow people to be who they are. Understand, you can't change them. You can make decisions of whether to stay or go, but allowing in this case means to accept people or situations without judgment. Allow yourself to feel whatever way you're going to feel. Accept your hurt, disappointments, and frustration. Don't fight your feelings. Give no resistance to your feelings. The longer you fight or resist, the longer they stay, the longer they persist. So feel your emotions. Don't deny them. The next is the universal law of subconscious activity, which says that whatever thought or idea you accept or acknowledge as true in your conscious mind is accepted without hesitation or question by your subconscious mind. Make a conscious decision or goal 
and your subconscious mind takes this information as a command. Your subconscious mind begins to make adjustments to your thoughts, actions, and behavior so they're in line with accomplishing them. Several years back, I was thinking about getting a hybrid car, and I was looking at the Prius 5 or the Prius V. Before that, I had never really paid that much attention to the car, to that type of car and that particular model in particular. But once I put the idea into my head that I was interested in this car, I began seeing this, these Priuses 5 everywhere, different colors, different models, and I was really surprised. Now, now they were a lot harder to find on the car dealership's lots. But that was where I had put a conscious idea into my brain. Oh, I think I might want to buy one of these kinds of cars. And then I started seeing them everywhere. There are problems in the world, some big problems. But they can be solved if we all act together and in concert. We have a problem with plastics. They're everywhere and they're in everything. They're not good for us and they're not good for animals, our water supply, and for Mother Earth and all the life here that's on this planet. There are all sorts of studies on plastics. They're so numerous it's hard to pick one to talk about or to quote from. But a study from July 1st, 2011 in Environmental Health Perspectives says it all. Almost all commercially available plastic products we sample, independent of the type of resin, product, or retail source, leached chemicals have reliably detected estrogenic activity, including those advertised as BPA-free. In some cases, the BPA-free products released, released chemicals having more estrogenic activity than BPA-containing product. Most plastics released estrogenic chemicals. Most plastics do not degrade over time very well. They take thousands, if not tens of years, to degrade. I try to use plastics as little as possible, but it's hard. I was amused when Keurig introduced their new brewing system and K-Cups, which has been followed by Nespresso, and several other companies. These are plastic-generating machines. And while I've never had coffee from a Keurig, I choose using a French press, which makes a superior cup of coffee. Now, it's not as convenient, but it is, it is a lot healthier. There is another problem with coffee machines that have an internal water tank that cannot be drained or cleaned. Just because you have really hot water doesn't mean that you're going to kill all the bacteria that may be around. Many bacteria can't survive the hot water, and they form something called a biofilm. The biofilm itself is protective for the bacteria. Another issue is growing mold. Even when they followed the instructions and were purging their system according to manufacturer's instructions, I don't buy very much pop or soda. I do buy some. And I don't buy water in those soft plastic side bottles. You're just drinking chemicals. And we have billions of tons of empty bottles. Related to plastics is the problem of microplastics, which are like two-tenths of an inch long 
or about five millimeters. Microplastics are broken down into two categories, primary and secondary. Primary microplastics are tiny particles designed for commercial use, such as cosmetics or certain kinds of fibers for clothing. Now, the idea of having plastics in my makeup or any makeup is not very reassuring. Secondary microplastics are particles that result from the breakdown of larger plastic items. And it, the primary source is large plastic bottles, which typically hold water or soda. This breakdown is, is because of environmental factors, exposure to ocean waves and the sun. The problem is when they break down, they don't break down into harmless molecules. This microplastic is consumed by marine animals, and it is deadly for them. And if they don't die, then we can consume foods from the ocean that are contaminated with microplastics. And the harmful chemicals that are reduced, that are released by the sun and ocean waves, can combine with other chemicals to form hazardous compounds. So look around your house, your home, and your life, and can you find a way to use less plastic or be more responsible when you actually use plastic? And if you have one of these fancy coffee machines, you might consider switching over to a French press. It takes a little bit more time. The coffee tastes really good. From personal experience, I can't say that it tastes better because I've not had coffee from the fancy coffee maker. So I can't talk about the quality of the flavor. But if you use a French press, you can purchase fair trade, organic, and shade-grown coffee beans, which is what I do most of the time. In case you don't know, most coffee beans are grown with the use of pesticides and herbicides. So do you know if you're sipping pesticides with your daily brew? We like to think that our homes are safe and clean and healthy. But a recent report from the EPA titled The Inside Story, A Guide to Indoor Air Quality, published in 2021. According to this report, most American homes are between two and five times more toxic than outside. So it shouldn't be surprising that one in three Americans suffers from allergies, asthma, sinusitis, and bronchitis. Additional studies show that everyday pollutants in your home can increase COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Doctors like to blame tobacco, but recent studies from 2019 also show, also show household chemicals add to the bad situation. Many of your cleaning products and disinfectants contain volatile organic compounds. And when they're inhaled, the muscles in your airways and your airways tighten and make it hard to breathe. These common lung irritants include ammonia, bleach, hydrogen peroxide, and alcohol. But there's something else that is around your house that you may not know about. And it's a chemical called diethyl phthalate. It's found in food packaging, perfumes, toothbrushes, tools, toys, perfumes, shampoo, and shampoos. Now, here's the thing. There are no rules or laws preventing the use of, these, of this chemical. 
It's up to each manufacturer to decide what they're going to use or if they want to eliminate phthalates from their products. Almost everything that's in your house can be a source of pollution. Laminated floors, rugs, furniture, clothing, even the sheets that you sleep on can be a source for additional indoor air pollutants. And then if we take into deodorants, oven cleaners, paints, garden pesticides and herbicides, floor polishes, glues, and yes, even air fresheners. Exposure to all of these contaminants lowers the body's master antioxidant glutathione. There are a few foods that have glutathione naturally, but they are broken down before the body can absorb it. And that includes asparagus, spinach, and avocados. There is a supplement form of glutathione that comes in a liposomal form, which means that the glutathione is wrapped in bubbles of fatty acid. So supplementation with liposomal glutathione can help. But again, it's making choices, making better choices for the products that you buy. At my house, I have my windows open as often as possible because I like the fresh air. You can buy greener products that contain fewer chemicals, and there are a lot of them that are out there. You can make your own cleaners with baking soda, vinegar, and some essential oils. It's not hard. You can filter your air. And one of the simpler things you can do is have a variety of houseplants. A NASA study revealed that common houseplants can efficiently and quickly filter your air. And here are eight NASA-recommended houseplants that will scrub and purify your home air. Number one is the spider plant. I love spider plants. I have lots of them. The dragon tree, golden pothos, English ivy, Boston fern, bamboo palm, the peace lily, and the rubber plant. I can't grow and keep a rubber plant for anything. They all have died on me. They don't like me. I can grow lots of plants, but the rubber plant is not one that apparently I'm supposed to have. So one to two plants for every hundred square feet is a good place to start. I want to thank you for joining me on today's episode of Infinite Possibilities Abound. This is your host, Debbie Waisner. I hope you have a wonderful and fabulous week. And come back and join me for the next episode of Infinite Possibilities Abound.